Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network with me. He's back, everybody. So glad. I, was, I, I got a lot of tweets this week about how like their favorite Down to Dunk show is the Monday show with McKelly. So glad to have you back. McKelly, back from the beach, back to regular life. McKelly, how are you? Well, I'm... I feel great, but I'm losing my touch on everything, Andrew. <laughs> like, on Sunday, uh, it's pizza night yeah. uh, during the weekend, so I have to, to make pizza. And it went horribly wrong. Uh, and my daughter basically patted me in the back and said, don't worry, Dad, maybe it will be better next time. Maybe. <laughs> so she already lost faith in my cooking art. <laughs> that is terrible. Like My life is wow. a disaster now. You just got to get back in the groove. That's okay. It happens to the best of us. Like, one pizza, Anita. Wow. One. I, uh, like, she no. lost faith just, too easily. Yeah. Too easily. Uh, you know, not everybody yeah. can be Darius Baisley in the in the gym at the YMCA. You know, not everybody can do exactly. that kind of stuff. Sometimes you have to be Ben Simmons during the regular season. That's, right. That's exactly right. Did you? See, or playoffs. So that Bays video is kind of bounce around a little bit. Um, you see that Basley retweeted it himself? No, I didn't. But I I, I, I watched the the clip. Yeah, and it's um, well. There's another one. It's that's something like that a I, whole. It's like mm. a whole, not just the clip, but there's like a lot of it. Like somebody made a video where it's like multiple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, you did. Okay, one. good. Um, yeah. I, I just want to know how do we feel about him retweeting it? Well. <laughs> It you know, <laughs> it does feel. I don't know. It just feels. It just feels a little strange. Kind of awkward. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit like Mello releasing his hoodie Mellow stuff, you know, on his Instagram, yeah. where it's like, ah, all right. Do you remember when he was in that uh, Houston Rockets red hoodie with like that was clearly not fit for himself? Boy, do I? For him, like it was very I tight. Do. That was I do. bad. That was really bad. <laughs> I don't know. I like I like mm. I like Darius Baisley. I think he's got potential. I think that there's a lot to uncover with him still, but that just rings a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know about that. I don't know why you do that. Like don't <laughs> do that. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, it was a I mean, yeah, the step back move was really good, but he already hit those yeah. in live game situations. Yeah, we need to it's, it's and there's nothing there's yeah. honestly nothing he can do in a gym like that that would make me think differently of him like oh no you have to see it the highlights yeah you have to see it yeah the highlights were there mm-hmm. i mean take the orlando game the one that we played in florida i mean that that was a sensational game he was hitting off the dribble jumper step back trees whatnot he ended up with 20 something points i remember me and john being wow let's see if he does it 
again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's always been the problem with bass. Uh, it's not about the talent. The talent is there. It's not about the um, prototype of player. Uh, yeah. That that kind of player is actually very, very useful in today's NBA. Okay. This is what everyone is looking for. Like six, eight, six, nine guys that can do it all on the basketball floor, that can play good defense and shoot the basketball. This is exactly why I think Presti pulled the trigger on him. Yep. Um, is he going to put consistency? That is the issue from day one. Yep. I mean, if you look at the mixtape from his high school, last year in high school, mm -hmm. you can see those stuff already. Yeah. I mean, maybe not the smooth step back three, but again, I remember vividly him hitting one of those um, in live game situation in the NBA. So he's capable of doing that. I'm not entirely surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not surprised either. He's got the ball skills. It's just, I just wonder... One one of the things that I want to see with Darius moving forward is, like, yeah, he can handle at his size, but what mm -hmm. what is that exactly going to translate to? You know, like, can he get his assist rate up? Can he get his free throw rate yeah. up? You know, those are two things that a dribble can do for you. And yeah. if you're not using it for that, then, like, like, what exactly are we using, you know, the dribble for? You know, his assist rate was 8.9 last year yeah his free throw rate is 0.25 which isn't horrible and it was an improvement no. on no. his uh first season but i'd like to see uh that improve overall so i and yeah and generally even if the assist ratio or the assist number doesn't improve i really want him to be more than a play finisher yeah um, and again, consequentially, probably that, that the assist rate will going up because of that. But I really wonder him being able to be part of a system more so than a guy that finishes uh, with like low efficiency. And and this was the issue last last year. Uh, it was the low efficiency. And and it's not that. And there was a question about that. So I, I think that since we are talking about him, it's good to to discuss. It's not that we. We, we say, well, we'll give up on base. No, it's not giving up. It's yeah. it's that sooner or later, you have to show consistency. Mm -hmm. And it may come in a season, uh, but if it doesn't come after three years, then picturing something more than a rotation player, it's hard. I mean, if you look at Jay Lamb, Jay Lamb is a fine rotation player. Mm -hmm. The consistency was the issue for him. And he put it together in year four, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But, I mean, it was a 13 pick or, or 10 pick, probably. Something around that. I don't remember the, the exact number. So, I mean, there was the, the upside was higher. And the consistency was just not there in his first few seasons. And it's hard to become more than a rotational player um, if you don't show consistency early on. Yeah. Well, there are exceptions, but... Yeah, yes. Yeah. It was at Seth Justice asked. Seems like a lot of people have gone sour on Bays with his development and what he has or hasn't shown. I don't understand why we draft such young players if we give up on them as quickly as anyone else. I don't necessarily love him, but the lease should be longer with someone turning twenty-one. Uh, yeah, I don't. Sure. Yeah, I don't think that this is us giving up. I think it's just trying to have reasonable expectations for where what he can do and where he can be and i think that he can 
I mean, you always have to leave room for players like him to make a leap that people aren't anticipating. But we needed to see more flashes from him, more extended flashes from him last season to believe Mm -hmm. that it was going to be real. And then you look at his, just his sheer production in the way he shot the ball last year. I mean, under 50% true shooting for a forward is really pretty bad. Uh, Yeah. That's that just has to be better. You look at just the raw percentages, you know, thirty nine percent from the field. He was that both his first and second year. You know that yeah. that you can't you can't be on the floor for a for a good team. And then also the defense just just didn't get didn't get a lot better. You know he talked he no. talked a lot heading into the season that he wanted to be a more versatile defender. And yeah, I think. He, I think his heart is in the right place and his mind is in the right place, but it didn't translate to the court. You know, he wasn't I he mean. wasn't shutting guys down, and so that to me, we I just want to see a jump in defense and I want to see a jump in shooting, and then we can talk about the, all the other stuff mattering, because if he can do jump yeah. in both of those, okay, wow, now the other stuff does matter, right? But yeah. if you're just this versatile yeah, player it, that can do lots of different things, well, it honestly just doesn't really matter if you don't defend well and then if you don't shoot the ball well. Yeah, and, and if you want to, to look at the bright side with Bayes, um, the end of the season he had a lot of, well, I would say they were like productive. He was productive anyway, mm-hmm. which on bad teams it's not always meaningful, but the usage and the overall production are there. So... As you said, I mean, if he can improve a little bit efficiency-wise, even going like 52, 53% through shooting, mm-hmm. that will that will mean a lot. Yeah. And I'm not sold that he will be... Well, he will probably play the four, but if you have something like a starting unit, say that, that Giddy, for some reason, they want him to start off the bench. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I wouldn't, but um, you, can, you can have uh, a unit with... Uh, Poku, JRE, and Bays as your frontcourt player. And who plays the five or the four, it's not really important. You can also play that with Giddy. You are a little bit small. Not small, but you are like. You're, you're not as, as physical as you need to be if you, if you don't have a guy like JRE there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that there is some truth to, to say, like maybe Bays should, should play more as a, a four or five compared to a three and a half but i mean next year roster will probably allow him to be more of a um defender of fives or of certain types of four mm-hmm. uh compared to last season where you had moses and and horford and probably i mean defensively he always had that um initial assignment yeah and if and if you want to think positive on base too you can go and look at the way he played in april where he mm-hmm. was 52 percent true shooting 18 points seven boards two assists per game this is in 11 games in the month of april where he played better he didn't still didn't shoot the ball well 26 percent from three 44 percent from the field yeah you know like that's it's it's still not optimal but he had a low free throws right um let's see free throw attempts yeah i mean he shot 54 total free throws he was 38 to 54 
um, in the month yeah. of April. Like she's not great. Not great, but, but it's the it's the like he in eleven games he took fifty four in February. In sixteen games he took thirty seven. So that's like, yeah. He he's doing he did the things that I'm saying that I want him to do, and perhaps he needs to carry that over. And then things got a little in May. Mm. He didn't play super well. He was uh, let's see forty five percent true shooting on you know mm. fifteen points six boards two assists per game so the still it's like the shooting stuff like still kind of plaguing him to a degree so i would if you if he could have kept up the 52 percent true shooting 18 points for the rest of the season then like wow okay cool like there's something there but then he regressed over the last eight games of the season but also like what do we read from that the team was really struggling the motivation to win games wasn't wasn't there (laughs) like that that stretch was really brutal so Maybe we're yeah. reading too much into that, but I would just need to see consistency because from month to month, it was like he started the season 43% true shooting, then up to 51, down to 48, down to 41, down to 52, or up to 52, down to 45. I mean, it was just... Yeah. And that's some, some of that's being... Some of that's being young. <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt that some of that is being a young player, but also, mm-hmm. you know, as you progress, as you play more games, like you should if you're going to be a mainstay of rotation, like you should become more consistent. So I, I understand the yeah. nature of your question. Um, but also the, the thing about it is that there's, they're bringing in guys that were going to be competing for a Darius Baisley spot. And you don't, you don't get all the time in the world just to become, you know, the best version of yourself. Like really most players don't, on their very first team get all the time in the world to figure it out unless you're showing more consistency and if you're inconsistent then you usually have to either improve that or you go to a different team you know that's what happened yeah with lots of players that have been through the thunder system yeah and sometimes it's not even the second team i mean yeah. we saw the campaign tail i mean yep. that is true this is something that should tell us something i mean campaign was a good prospect that approached the NBA in not in a positive way, mm-hmm. not in the professional way. Well, I, w- I wouldn't say professional, but surely something went wrong uh, in his approach uh, and in the ecosystem in which he played for a couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. And then in Chicago, I mean, the story is out there. I mean, yes. coaching staff saying after a practice, this is not an NBA player and they were clearly wrong, but something campaign had done wrong in those practices in those two years mm-hmm. you know a year, a year and a half in okc and so sometimes you need three teams sometimes you need to be a journeyman in order to be jeff green at the end of your career yep. i mean again it's not that we are as you said i mean if you think that basically is a star and you, and you want to have that projection in your mind first i would advise you to reconsider but if you want to hold that true for a little bit more if after this season you're still saying, well, we saw the flashes, then it's probably going to be zero chance. Uh, because by year three, you need to be something. You need to show something. Um, and again, we'll see. We'll see with base. I mean, this season can be everything. Maybe the competition. Mm. Maybe he needs to, to fight for a spot and he will be the best of the bunch. Maybe he will be the best between Poku and uh, and Giddy. That that will scare me a little bit, but, you know. <laughs> it could be a good thing. It could be a good thing. It could be. 
It could be. It doesn't feel like you think it might be, but it could be. Who knows? Yeah, it, it would be. have to. Yes. You would have to have a very big jump to get there. Mm-hmm. Certainly, uh, people are asking like positionally what he'll play, and this is the breakdown according to um, Basketball Reference. So, sixty-eight percent of his time was at power forward. Twenty-four percent was at small forward, and then he played four percent of his time at center and shooting guard. So he's a three-four. I mean, that's what he is. That's yeah. where he'll play. That's where he's most useful as a player. Can he sneak some minutes at small ball five? Sure. Is he going to get pummeled and pushed around by most fives in the league? Yep. So he's not going to be a player that's going to show a lot at the five or as like like a Jer- like Jeremy Grant by the time that he was ready to play small ball five. One, he was playing off the bench as a small ball five. Mm-hmm. And he's a lot stronger than Bayes. So yeah. there's there was yeah. a big difference between those two, and you know Alex mentioned Jeremy as like a potential comp for him. Like they're they're just like so far and away different on defense that it's um, that I just don't really see the comp there yet. Like he just needs to show way more on defense. Like the only comp that's there is that similar body type, I suppose. Yeah, um, but that's about it. Yeah, he was closer. Yeah, their first season uh, was closer in terms of being like the first season in OKC for Jeremy and the first season of base. They were mm-hmm. um, basically spot up trees uh, defenders yeah. Um, yeah. with the ability to be maybe a little bit more. So, yeah, I. it's not that I don't see that. Well, Jeremy may be a good example of a guy that, but but he he also had a steady improvement, like from year one to year two to year three. Well, in Denver, it wasn't the greatest uh, of the fits, but it was more because I mean he didn't fit in the system. But you already saw three yeah. years of steady improvement for Jeremy, yeah. and that is what we want to see. I mean, the first year in Philadelphia was not a good year mm-hmm. for Grant, and the second in OKC was. What are you doing? Like it's yeah, he shot the ball well, but you didn't trust. Yeah, it's kind of like what shot. are you? Like what, you, like what is your? NBA? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's it's more what are you than what are you doing because he was doing what he was told. Uh, but in any year three, then he he really really improved. Yeah, he popped. And, and again, it yeah, it may be the same for Bayes. Uh, I hope he, he play. He has like a. A change of course and, and and again he had a rough path like first year uh it's it's the covid year and you don't have like basketball experience because he spent a year at new balance and then there is this short of season and another bad bad season where like he, it's weird circumstances and whatnot and now he has the first real off season professional off season of his life so who knows? Yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Yeah. I uh, didn't think we'd like, be starting with 18 a, minutes on base. I was going to wow. say, <laughs> the first 20 minutes on Darius Baisley. There you go, everybody. Enjoy your base content for the day. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, let's talk about this schedule. So Friday afternoon, they released the entire NBA schedule. Fun day. You know, newsflash, everybody. The Thunder play all the teams in the league. Sometimes twice, sometimes three times. It's amazing. Maybe even four. Yeah. It's going to be a wild, yeah. wild time. Yeah. But just the... But hey, they are four times on national TV. Like... NBA TV? National TV. Yeah. Which yeah. is becoming increasingly more difficult to even watch so uh so just i I thought we could run through at least parts of the schedule maybe some things that you Mm -hmm. noticed um so let's just run through the first part of the schedule which the first part of it's really difficult which i think is a good thing for this team and the team building and you know the, the part of the reason that last season was so rough with regards to the goals for the franchise is that they got off to such a good start and it was mm-hmm. like, Oh, okay. Well, what is this team and what are we going to do here? And it felt like that really up until through December. And I was like, what's happening? Are we going to finish ninth? Is that, is that what we're going to do? And obviously they didn't and things were still disappointing, but we don't, we're not here to rehash that. We're here to look at the schedule. So they open the season in Utah and then mm-hmm. they go to Houston. So uh, Houston, yeah. a very winnable game. Houston is not going to be good. And I don't know exactly yes. what the John Wall, Eric Gordon situation is going to be. Like, they're going to start those guys and play them heavy minutes? Like, I have no idea. I don't know if John Wall is healthy. I have no idea. I have no clue. So that, to me, is like, yeah, to me the- that's, a, that's a coin flip. But like, Utah should pummel the Thunder on night one. Yes, they should. Um, and with the Rockets, I mean, they 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 made a perplexing move, move on like acquiring Tice, but maybe it's uh, the yeah. uh, you are a nice guy, uh, you play defense, so maybe you will teach young guys to play defense as well. I guess, we'll see. But maybe but this the is the Shangun whisper. Yeah, I don't know. Like, where's the time for him? If Christian Wood, well, he will play. He'll play at least at the beginning. Maybe they will flip him for an asset. That is, yeah, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, um, I don't think that the Garuba will play much in his first year, to be honest with you. So maybe it's Tyson. Probably that's, uh, that's probably right. Yeah, they they may send him to the G League or yeah. I don't know. I have no yeah, idea. Uh, but yeah, it's a winnable game. Uh, I think that on paper, Houston should be a tad better of then okay see depending on where Shea lands in his development because if Shea is a super duper supernova then I don't see them you mean like 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 Christian Wood John Wall Eric Gordon plus what they get from their rookies and house and guys like that you think that they're better on paper in that way like what's your what's your uh, what's your reasoning for saying that I don't know well, they had a stretch where they played as a basketball team, functional basketball team. Yeah. Then thing went south. Yeah. With after a couple of injuries, and then so I don't know uh, in which 
I mean, they they have their pick this season, so it's they have no incentive whatsoever to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's the second game. Maybe maybe they want to test each other out mm-hmm. and and see where they are mm-hmm. at. So mm-hmm. yeah, weird weird. Just a reminder, like weird stuff always happens at the beginning of every season. There's always a team yeah. that people think like, oh. Well, is this team now good? Is this team now doing this? Or is this team horrible now? You know, weird stuff always yeah. happens every year. I remember like one of, I think maybe it was DeMarcus Cousins last season in Sacramento. They won a ton of games at the beginning of the year, and everybody thought this was like Zach's year to like really do something. Is it, is it the season where he got, he had a disease? I don't remember which one, and then they fired the coach yes i believe so that happened later on yeah yeah um Weird one. so and then then yeah so i i don't know that that game is a conflict as you said and then they have a pretty brutal stretch that will basically last until uh the home game on um november the 8th against the spurs yeah at home yeah I don't see them. On paper, they should lose uh, against the Sixers, Warriors, Lakers, Warriors, Clippers, and Lakers. Yeah, without a doubt. That's, yeah, that's when things get interesting. It's kind of, I mean, if you're interested in going to games, you know, Philly, Golden State, Lakers, like that first week of home games, like, wow, that's that's going to be fun. You know, Sunday against yeah. the Sixers, Tuesday night against the Warriors, Wednesday night against the Lakers, like, whoa. That's, uh yeah. Embiid, Curry, and then you have like LeBron, Westbrook, Anthony Davis trio coming in on Wednesday. Yeah, it's amazing. It's crazy. And I'm so afraid of those of those stretches because I mean, a young team want they, uh, the same reason apply. The same reason that I I made for Houston applies for um, for OKC. I mean, they will want to to see where they are at. I oh, mean, yeah. I, I oh, yeah. don't doubt that Shea wants to win against Curry against. Oh. Of course Embiid. they want to win. Of course they want to win. Yeah. I hope they get plummeted, but uh, I mean, if you win, if you start to win like randomly those games, uh-huh. that this is where you 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 get to twenty four games, twenty eight games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a we'll doubt. see. Yeah, that's where you but, hit the over. But the stretch is hard. Yeah, it is tough. It's going to be tough. Um, so after they play those three home games, they travel and play this West Coast Golden State Lakers Clippers. Um, or Clippers Lakers, so that should be interesting. Um, yeah. In the month of November, they have there's one week that's like really brutal. It's the third week of November, and they play five games that week. They yeah. play Brooklyn Miami back to back at home. They play Houston at home, which is like a a nice little break um, to be at home and play that. But then they're back on the road. They play Milwaukee and Boston back-to-back on the road Friday, Saturday. So that, that to me, like, sticks out as a tough stretch. And then, like, thing... And then they fly to Atlanta, which is to to end the the, the eastern side of the the road trip. And that is, I mean, Bucks, Celtics, Sox is extremely hard. And then they go to you, and then they they, they welcome you to at home, which is hard again. The, I mean, of the games in October, November, and we went over this last year and it did not, well, it ended up working out just fine the way we thought it might (laughs) eventually, but not in the way we thought it would. But I would say Mm -hmm. like October, there's one winnable game 
you know, with Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, November, there's two winnable games, both against Houston. I guess San Antonio, Sacramento, too, are in there as, like, yeah. decently winnable games. Uh, both Sacramento, yeah, San Antonio are home. Yeah. You can say games where OKC will not start as, like, the opponent will not start as huge favorite against OKC. Yeah, not a huge favorite. I mean, the Thunder are, they're, Vegas has them at, what, 22 is the, 22 and a half is the over-under? You know, the, I've seen 23 and a half. Yeah, tw- somewhere yeah, in, as well. yeah, in that range, like 22, 23 and a half, like, they, they will be favored in very few games. Like, Houston at home... Like maybe is the answer to that, maybe. right? Um, yeah, and that's probably it. Like they won't be favored against Washington. Sacramento will probably be favored. Yes, um, San Antonio is questionable. Like maybe OKC gets off to a better start than we think, and then maybe they're favored against San Antonio. Because yeah. I don't, I have no clue. I need to just get you know, on the phone with like a Spurs person. Maybe we get a Spurs person on the pod because I have like zero expectation or zero idea of what San Antonio is going to be this year. You know, there's no DeRozan. Uh, I have no idea, but then they did things like they got that young. It's like, oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know what they are. The Bulls had Todd Young for the entire season. I know, and they were just like a bleh team. They finished, what, eighth lottery odds? You know, like I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but 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 like San Antonio does not nearly have the talent that Chicago had around Ted Young. True. So uh, I I have no idea. To me, they will struggle to score. Yeah. Uh, maybe not eighty five points. Um, but <laughs> should I do that again? They will Here struggle. Sc- yeah, they will. We, we can we can say it differently. Um, I would say that San Antonio will struggle to score more than one hundred and five points per possessions. Yeah. They'll struggle, uh, they'll struggle to get to 98 every night. We'll say that. You don't think so? Probably. Yeah, maybe. Mm, I, I, I need to stop. I need to stop the, myself right now. I take that back. Exactly. But but <laughs> around that, I mean, they they will they will be bottom five offensive team, I, I think. Yeah. In terms of efficiency, um, defensively, I don't know. They will probably in the top half or top twenty. Mm-hmm. So maybe they will be around. Uh, I mean, I don't know, 32, mm-hmm. 33 wins. But those teams can lose. Like, It's not that they are favored against OKC. It's just they yeah. probably are better equipped to play functional basketball on defense, and so they will be a tough out. But, yeah. you know, yeah, I think they might be not the favorites. So I, I expect them to, unless something happens uh, in terms of their prospects, like popping, like Colton Johnson or some someone like that. But, yeah. you know. Uh, they have to like DDR for like I don't like him as a player but the thing that he brought last year to San Antonio are probably a little bit uh, discredited to, to, to some degree he's a floor um, raiser I mean there's no doubt that he's yeah. a floor raiser that's why the Bulls not only gave him a massive contract but traded picks to get him you know that, that to me is still bonkers but anyway it's bonkers but they would like to be in the mix and if DeMar DeRozan is your third or fourth best player, like, eh, okay. You know. Yeah, there, there, there is a study that um, I, I think we discussed here, but we never put the effort in proving that, that the 
variance on a two-point shot is in late game situations so low compared to the three-point one that mm. that that being Chris Paul and being able to hit and and also this applies to Shea. This applies to Shea. So being able to be uh, a, pro- a prolific and efficient pull-up shooter uh, will help you in late game situation, and that might be something where the balls that struggled really a lot in winning close game last year. Maybe maybe this will be one of the things that that make them better. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And this is also why I think with Shea, OKC won a little bit more. It's not that with Shea, OKC was amazing, but cl- in the closing minutes, Shea was still very, very good due to the efficiency of his pull-up and his general two-point shots. Yeah, and, and this is something that I don't know how it correlates with Russ's NBA, uh, NBA, sorry, MVP season because he was not efficient, but to some degree in those moments he was, and you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, with OKC and with Chicago. Yeah. So the first two months of the season are really rough. Like I could see them having mm-hmm. less than four wins in the first couple of months. I think that's certainly possible. They probably will have maybe five or six to to end yeah. those two months probably more likely but things lighten up a little bit in december they start the month like pretty soft houston memphis which is a back-to-back which is a home then road back-to-back which makes that stretch more difficult than it would have been um i'm also very intrigued by memphis we alex talked about them on the saturday slam and jam and then at least yeah. there are some reports about you know slow-mo being available dylan brooks being available i don't know if they'll actually trade those guys um, but if they do then things get kind of interesting with Memphis. Like, how good are they? Like, they're probably in the lottery almost firmly if they deal those yeah. guys uh, for future assets. If that's what the if that's what they want, I don't know what they want. Maybe they want a player. Um, I'm not sure. But what they will like? What is the price that you would pay for for those guys? I think that they're worth. If you're a good team, they're worth your f- protected first round pick. <laughs> Really? Yeah. You don't think so? A first round pick. Yeah. No. Dylan I Brooks is like good. Dylan, Brooks, Dylan Brooks is good last year. Yes. In that specific setting. Slow mo is a good player. Yes. Like if the Warriors could get slow mo, hmm. like he fits them quite well. A first rounder. If it's like the if you're talking like the twenty fifth pick or something like that, sure. I'm not sold. <laughs> okay. Well, two seconds. I mean, I don't know. Two seconds doesn't seem like yes. enough. But like, but that is that is where I don't see them trading those guys. Yeah. Because I don't see a team sending a first. I, I just don't. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, what's the real difference in terms of... I, I know that they had a pretty different season and slow-mo was great. Mm-hmm. Think about slow mo on the on the Warriors or Kenrich mm-hmm. on the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Is is that a huge difference between the two in terms of their role? Oh, probably not. I think slow mo probably has a bigger role Pro- than Kenrich, but maybe not. Yeah, yeah, similar. And 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 OKC didn't feel that probably two seconds was enough, and no one was paying a first. 
Yeah, and they. Lo- I mean, I I, th- I I think that Kenrich is also just like very beloved as not only a player yes. but as like a person, like in the locker room, setting a tone for everybody. Whereas like you have all these young guys who don't like no one none of the young guys they have in there are setting a tone you know for like how to be a pro i think that's i think that's why it's important to have kenrich and muscala and even favors to a degree who are like seasoned pros and it's funny because kenrich one hadn't been in the league very long and but he is a little bit older but it's just it's funny how he's taken to that that role but he certainly has um gosh i'm just so i just really really hope that i'll get to be in the locker room this year i'll be so disappointed if we can't um yeah let's hope let's hope that you get um like that that experience was something I, uh, even if i tried just two times yeah I, ju- I just great I think the access lo- that you have the level of access um i'm hopeful that it will be back to where it was but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where all, all this is headed, but I'm, I'm hopeful. Uh, anyways, th- there's some winnable games at the beginning of December. Houston, Memphis, uh, Detroit, Toronto. So this finishing a road trip in Detroit and Toronto. Both mm-hmm. winnable games. I don't know how good Toronto will be either. I don't think Detroit will be good this year. I think them and the, the Thunder in Detroit will be similar as far as like, yeah. how good they are and what they look like night to night. Um, they're not built too differently with regards to how many young players they have and veterans and stuff like that. They do have Kelly Olenek, who I think will help them um, to a degree. Yeah, they they have a bunch of guys that will make the roster functional. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, um, Cade, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I think Cade will be good. I think he'll be, yes. be helpful to them. I think he's a... He's not like they – there's a lot of rookies that I think are – show a ton of potential, but they just, like, totally kill you. Like, Russ was that. Like, Russ was, like, showed all this potential, but he just totally destroyed what your season was going to look like because you just handed him the keys. When, like, Scott Brooks is like, here, have you can have the team. And it was like, oh, my gosh, like, we're going to be horrible. But that was all part of the plan then. Uh, you give the mm-hmm. ball to Cade, and I'm not saying that, like, Cade is going to be much better than Russ. Like I think the odds of Cade being like anywhere close to what Russ was as a player are very, 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 very low. Like I'm talking like five percent that Cade ever becomes what Russell Westbrook was in the NBA. So I'm just saying that like the frenetic play of a rookie that is still trying to hone his craft to what Cade is, which is like he is just Steady, cool polished. under pressure he wants guys to get better he gives guys room to get better he didn't freaking did that at summer league i'm like what are you doing like stop letting Killian hayes have just the ball shot. just just take shots look at you yeah. and then when he did when he hit like seven of ten from three i was like ah there it is like thank you yeah because he's still not being able to beat your guy off the dribble but we'll we'll check on that in a few months yeah, the finishing at the Let's rim see. The, the getting into yeah. the paint and not being blocked by guys or being stood up is uh, it's something I took note of. Is that something that you yeah. can improve at? Like he's to me, he's a smart enough player to figure it out. And yes. I couldn't make judgment. Yes. I can't make judgments on that today because it could look very foolish soon. And I 
certainly. No, it will. And, and I was thinking, uh, I had this harsh judgment on him uh, throughout the draft process, process. But if you think about how Chris Paul plays, and you can picture yourself, um, Kate being a taller version of CP3, maybe with less passing ability yeah, because gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone has. Right. But if you think about the threat of the shooting, like Chris Paul leveraged that to uh, to such a height, it's not that he finishes at the basket. He, he is efficient, mm-hmm. but it's not that he finishes at the basket a thousand times per game. He shuts the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. And I think Cade will be a similar type of player again. It takes a lot to be the floor general that, that CP3 is. Mm-hmm. There are a bunch of players in the NBA history that are as good as a playmaker is. So I'm not saying that. But it, as a type of player, like a cool guy that is a calculator that doesn't waste possession, that is, is able to leverage with the shooting a lot and create space with that, maybe we'll see more. Uh, and then the, um, when he has a chance, he can get to the rim, uh, even if he's not the best athlete or... Um, he's not crazy uh, efficient there. So mm-hmm. it's um, again, there are playmakers that can do that and, and being exceptional even without crazy athleticism. Yep. So then the Thunder have a pretty difficult stretch after that road trip. That's like starts pretty soft in December where they travel back home. They have this home stand, but it's against the Lakers, Dallas, Pelicans, Clippers. Like tough. Um, then back on the road, they play Memphis twice uh, in December on the road. And then Denver-Phoenix back-to-back, which is going to be brutal. And then they finish out with a pretty like a pretty hard schedule. Pelicans, Kings, Phoenix, Knicks, like all like solid in the mix, want to be in the playoffs. Teams that like – these teams should be playing hard is the thing about these teams. Yeah. Like, I almost, like, don't yeah. worry as much about the Lakers as far as, like, if you want the Thunder to win just because I don't think – I don't know if the Lakers are going to bring it in OKC. Uh, like, I, the, if the Pel- like the Pelicans, Kings, and Knicks, like, those are teams that if they want to be good, they got to bring it, and they got to bring it every night yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And so, like, I'm a little bit – to me, the blowouts may come with those teams that, like, really turn it up on the thunder um, they should they should be the teams that okay see um maybe on some nights stays with them mm-hmm. for a couple of quarters maybe three quarters and then they are out talented or out yeah uh, execute or out whatever yeah yeah i can see that um i'm not going to go in detail over the rest of the schedule i just will point out maybe some trends you know mid-january they have a four-game road trip that ends in a back-to-back in two games that should be winnable but this this almost will result in probably a schedule loss where they play charlotte and cleveland back-to-back in the middle of january on the 21st and 22nd so like that's like if you're if you're somebody that's wanting them to tank like that's a nice little gift that was given to the Thunder right there because yeah. like Charlotte, Cleveland, those should be teams that are like relatively beatable. Um, then before the All-Star break, they've got two weekend back-to-backs at the beginning of February. So the 4th and the 5th, it's Portland, Sacramento, like another gift given. And then Philly, Chicago. Both All four of those games are on the road. 
back to back um on the weekends there like those are those are tough um and you really yes. you really want like w- winnable if you want the thunder to have the best draft position possible you want the winnable games for the thunder to be attached to some back to backs and that's where i'm looking at the schedule and thinking oh this is actually pretty great in march the second week of march they have milwaukee minnesota back to back so home for milwaukee on the road against minnesota like that when minnesota is going to be a winnable game like that's good that it's road back to back for okc yeah um then you look at memphis charlotte another home and it's they're both at home but back to back great time together and then you have orlando boston tied together back to back sunday um on the road in orlando then then back at home with boston like great like Tether, tether these easy games on back-to-backs, please. Because they, yeah. then they and they also have a short two days between the Heat and the Magic. Yeah, because they they play uh, early on, on the, against the Magic on the twenty yep. on the twentieth. Yep. Um, so it's they they come back from Miami uh, pretty late. They come back to OKC and they have to play in the afternoon. So yeah. uh, even that is not. The easiest yeah. and then they have a back-to-back mm-hmm. yeah i think that's i mean that's if you're if you're wanting them to win less games you want them wanting them to hit the under because you are looking forward to the draft and you want their draft position to be the best it can be um these are good signs like the month of march there's a lot of winnable games you know they have minnesota um at home mm-hmm. to start like that's a very winnable game then i mentioned the back-to-back um, they play Orlando twice, but one of them's on a back-to-back. You know, there's there's things about this schedule that make you think, like, okay, where are the 29 wins, you know, with this team? And, you know, they could still reach that, obviously, because I, I think that the, the improvements that are available to be had on this roster, like, there's a lot of them. There's a lot. But things have to hit just right yeah. for them to get there. Um, this, this NBA – Uh, And John Hollinger wrote about it uh, at The Athletic, which I think everybody should go read it, that, like, everybody's competing for the now. Like, everybody wants to be good. Everybody wants to replicate what the Hawks and the Suns did last year. Um, That's that's where everything is headed. And there are very few teams here that want to lose a lot of games. I think Orlando is one of them. I think OKC is one of them. I don't know if San Antonio is one of them or not. I have no idea. I think Houston will be one of those with almost certainty. Um, mm-hmm. Cleveland should be one of those. Cleveland should but be, but they are not. No, no, no. You don't trade for Ricky Rubio and want to yeah. be that team. Uh, I think Minnesota should be another one of those teams, but I don't think they will be. I think they will be trying. Um, they have at least a case for not to be bad, I think. Because it's already, what is five years with Towns? Dude, the, I, I just don't know what happens with that team. I just have no clue what happens with Minnesota. Um, I just No, but I'm, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying they are built, they, they've built a roster that is capable of winning. Yeah, That's not what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, they should be, they should feel certain amount of pressure oh i think the pressure yeah 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 i think absolutely the pressure's there but if you just look at the west and think about oh there's no way possibly being in the top 10 like i can get to 10 teams like so fast like 
Denver, Portland, as long as they keep Dame, is there. Utah, Golden State, Lakers, Suns, Mavericks. Like, we're already at seven, and we're talking about the play-in. Like, who's in the play-in? The Clippers are in the mix for that. Um, oh, I, 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 I am Memphis. much higher on the Clippers than that. San Antonio. I think that they will be top be six. Trying. I think they very well could be. And I hope that's a reverse jinx. Um, no, are, no, I, I think that Ty Lue is a competent coach. And that, yes. they will be a competent team. And they will... I think that the fact that they miss Kawhi, they will hustle a lot more. And, Perhaps, yeah. and I think that when PG is is kind of the underdog mm -hmm. i think that that is a much better situation for him compared to him being yeah you're the guy now yeah you are third on mpp now show it in the playoffs and it, oh yeah he was um, great so he was great in the playoffs he, he was awesome it's gonna awesome. require him to be healthy is like the number that's gonna be the number one thing for the clippers this year is health and yeah he has yeah really, if he is then then yeah yeah of course i'm counting on bg being healthy because i, I don't want to I never can't count predict. on I mean, you can't like, really injuries, it, but you kind of exactly. Can't, yeah. and, and and there was a question about um, now that we are talking about PG. Uh, it was a question on, about Lou Dort and defense. How an individual defender can mm -hmm. lead to and like look for Paul George. Like he was one of the best individual defender on that Russell-led team, and also a guy that. That was really playing passing lane and off ball defense to such a high degree. I mean, uh, it was a br it was a brief stint with him in OKC, but boy, oh boy, the defense the, the defensive part was amazing. He was mm -hmm. insane, especially the first few games of the um, of the first season. I mean, when he was engaged, I mean, he could mm -hmm. guard anyone, and being one of the best off ball defender yeah. at the same time. So, if you want to see how a great defender impacts team defense, now yeah. just look at that. Because Andrew Robertson was a very good defender, but the best ability was to be one of the best pick and roll defender. And and with with him and Adams, there was such a chemistry that basically they were breaking up uh, yeah. initial point of attack to such a high degree that the other team was mm -hmm. wasn't having any options. With PG, it was more general i mean he was always active on passing lane whether it was looking at the bell or not his body positioning the fact that it was so long he used his arm very well and again on top if you switch on him then it's it's basically mm -hmm. lockdown defense so this is where dort needs to be able to improve like understanding when your body where your body is and being able to play your man and the passing lane simultaneously which is again really extremely hard. hard and made easier um, by being six foot ten and having crazy arms exactly yeah. that plays a role as well i mean this is why in, in some draft you see guys like being drafted mm -hmm. high only because of the uh of their measurable because those things if you are able to use them to your advantage. It is a clear advantage. It is. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's just yeah. that. And it's one of the reasons why, like, even Poku could be an impactful defender is because, like, of his size and length. Oh, yeah. And even Giddy to a degree. Like, Giddy doesn't have crazy athleticism, but he has elite size for the kind of player that he is. And so... Um, 
yeah, I think that it's, I don't know. It was, um, let, let me say something about like a very weird player that played uh, only in Europe and no one will know about him. But he was an Italian slash Slovenian guy called Gregor Fuchka, mm -hmm. who won uh, a silver medal with Italy in 2004. And he is 7-1, I think, with 7-6 wingspan, mm -hmm. something crazy. And, I mean, he was guarding pick and roll on his own, on an island, and with his arms, he could basically make a, um, a triangle, well, not a triangle, an angle that was so wide that the, who, the, the handler could not get past him because he was so perfectly positioned that there was no way that he could, like, it was so perfect, the technique, and it was so wide, that, again, the ball handler didn't have anywhere to go. If it was half turn, it was thrown over because it was, again, was able to slide his feet. And he was able to do that until 40 years old in minor Italian leagues. I mean, I, I watched him yeah. a gazillion times being able to guard the pick and roll because it was, again, so wide that uh, in terms of wingspan that he could guard on, on his own, even if he was so slower than the opponent. Um, and so, yeah, length is, if you, if you know how to use it, um, if you're not Moses Brown, then if you're not Moses then you Brown. Probably, it's a great way to start. No, I mean, uh, <laughs> or if you, if you're not Ashim mm -hmm. that that is probably better. Uh, then then there are chances to be impactful, just for yeah. sheer length. Yeah, I think I I, th I think there's a uh, you know the Thunder have gone away from like they're just like rangy athletes that have. Um, that they're trying to develop into rotation players. You know, they've gone away from that where they're going to like way more skill-based, which is really just mm -hmm. like the way the NBA is going. You know, that's, um, yeah. So I think that's interesting. Um, somebody's asked about Vid Crecci in the chat. Um, I don't think his buyout has actually happened yet. I think that's just like report. I, it's just a rumor. Rumored. So I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, he clearly won't be a two-way player because their two-way spots are both taken. Um, like short answer is like I have no idea what's going to happen with him. And even if you do bring him over, like is there minutes there for Vit to play? Like I don't know. <laughs> you can still yeah. send him down in blue. Who knows? Um, and he could play a majority of yeah. his time there too. Uh, I guess he could just go back to Europe as well, which is not a. Yeah, they can tender the offer, and he can play in Europe with. The yeah, I don't think that's. Rights. I mean, I we have to just consider that as a possibility because nothing's happened yet, you know. And they would. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I really have. I honestly like short answer. Have no clue, what's going to happen with Vit, um, but just consider all possibilities. Um, to be out there because there's nothing there's nothing that's happened with him yet you know he was in vegas but that was only because he was working out in okc and probably just wanted to get out of okc <laughs> you know i don't think it had anything to do with any i don't know that it had anything to do with anything else other than that and so i'm just like Spending time with the team. We are going to yes. Vegas. Do you want Just to? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. We got room on the plane. Hop on. Please. Um, yeah, I have, yeah, I have no clue what's going to happen with him. And he's 
pretty inconsequential to what's going to happen this season. Um, I would say overall. So, who knows? Maybe it's revelation. could be. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Maybe he's the yeah. guy. I mean, who knows? Like, weirder things have happened. Nikola Jokic is the guy, you know, picked in the same range in the second round. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, I do not want to give anybody false hope about Vid Krejci, you know. He is very tall. He is very tall. That's that's the. He's another 6'9, do it all bigs. I mean, we, we were raving about Renz, but Vid Krejci is the exact same same player. And he's. He may be taller than 6'9. Just look, just looking at him, you know. So there might be something there. Who yeah. knows? He he's very thundery yeah. though. Like he, he he's very yeah, new age. Thunder. I met him. I didn't meet him. I just saw him. But very very new age thunder. Oh, okay, I see. With his skill set. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm intrigued, but I don't know what's going to happen with him this year. I I, be, I believe he will be a thunder player at some point. Um, do I know when? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Hopefully it's this year because he just makes things. I think he makes things more fun and intriguing. You know, if you're if we're in the middle of January and he hasn't it's played yet, and it's like, oh, tonight that Crutchy is active. Okay, reason to tune in. You know, that kind of stuff is, is yeah. kind of fun. So, um, all right. Anything else, McKelly, before we go? You have any like wrap up thoughts about summer league or wrap up thoughts about the team or anything like that that you just want to get off your chest since you haven't been on the pod for a minute? I I just want to see Trey Man yeah. play again. Um I know that we should all wait for Giddy and and I'm sure Giddy will come as a I picture Giddy's season as a long wave that starts slow and then raises um man is pure electric mm-hmm. electricity to me he mm-hmm. he is fun to watch on offense on defense well oh it's not very important as of now he's got we'll to see get the better though like he's but got the way to in get which better he, as a defender yeah but i mean do you want oh, to want win to or lose <laughs> so, so don't worry I know, for this right. season you're at right. least right. in the future we will we will worry we'll worry in yeah. due time i mean Come on, the fact that he's able, with, I, I mentioned it probably in the last part, we, but I, I don't have any recollection of what I said. <laughs> I don't, um, I don't, I don't either. I don't, I don't know what setting. I said yesterday or when I've said what. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, the, there was one or two possessions where we just one dribble yeah. was able to create, I don't know, yeah. six feet of space. And that is... And that is unbelievable, and and that is something that will help him a lot, and will translate because it, it was against like mm-hmm. sort of NBA players. I mean, Sadiq Bay or yeah. guys like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I remember that it was, was almost exactly the Pistons him, team but that you'll see this year. Yeah. That. So I mean, it's um, and again, the fact that he wasn't able to hit trees to me, it's almost. Like I really want that ball to see to to drop down because I, I, he's able to to yeah. to hit NBA trees. He did it for the mm-hmm. entire season in college. I mean, the range was not an issue. He was so quick and so natural from there that I don't have any questions. And so if you pair the um, the fancy dribble, the ability to create space, and the fact that he was actually able to generate offense for others, you, you pair that with the threat of a three mm-hmm. of a real three point shooter. Yeah, that is fun. That is fun. 
Uh, Hoopstock69 asks, uh, our thoughts on Seiko Dumboya being available? I've heard that's like super real, that it would probably not take mm -hmm. a whole lot. Why do you care? Lot, is my second question. It would question. not take a whole lot to get him. Oh, just because he's just kind of fun. You know, if you give a future second, like, who cares? Like, see if he's something. Very young. Very, very, very young is one of the reasons why I would care. But I know. I don't see that in the system. I don't see not, in the system. He is, though, he is old age thunder. I see. No question, though. Like, he. No. Yeah, that would be the only reason that you're not interested is because yeah. he doesn't fit what the Thunder are doing. Also, Troy Weaver saying, you know what? It'd be probably best to just have a uh, a secondary level asset instead of him on the team. You know, like, did he? he if he's it? available for like a second rounder, then he's saying that. Oh yeah. I don't think it would yeah, take yeah, much yeah. more than a second rounder. To I mean, it's. I really don't. So I, I'd be fine. I'd, if yeah, they but, dealt for him, I mean, I would be a little excited. That's all. Because I kind of, okay. I do kind of like him. Uh, I, I would be probably miserable because he would probably play. He, he, you, you'll need to yeah, play him. Yeah, you do. And yeah, I mean, I and we talked about see. it. We talked about it with Baisley. That's why. Like, I mean, who do you he's sit? Not gonna take Baisley's minutes. No, I, I know. I, I know that. I'm just Baisley. What I was saying is like much, he's not much taking rather. Baisley's minutes. You know, like he wouldn't. I mean, if he takes two minutes from Giddy and one from Poco, I'm already Agreed. miffed. All right, I'm out. You're right. All right. I'm no longer excited to even think about it. Because he does. He, he plays the same position. If you want yeah. to play him at the five, yeah. if you want to... <laughs> if... I, would, I would be miffed because I want to see Jerry True. play. I just don't care. I mean, he's a, play, he's a nice play finisher with athletic yeah. ability and probably certain upside in terms of improving yeah. uh finishing yeah. at the rim yeah. and stuff like I'm, that i'm totally out now. Um, i'm totally out so i convinced hoops yep. hoopstock 69 yep. there he in goes. five minutes yeah, hoopstock wow. 69 also out he's out <laughs> no it's it's just for the team yeah. construction uh it's not that he's not worth a second rounder in any team he's worth a second a second rounder for the clippers for example He's worth a second round there for like teams that will say, well, well, we have minutes. We can try to take to to develop you because I mean you're clearly not developing the right way yeah. in Detroit, and so we'll test you out. I mean, go, go to, to Toronto. Toronto. They have already a gazillion teams, but they want to have a yeah. gazillion players like him. They will play units with I don't know, be at the two, and maybe maybe they can play Dumbuya at the three with Barnes at the four and mm -hmm. Pascal at the five. Wow. Let's, let's get weird. That is a team where, yeah. yeah, why, why not? I mean, it's not that they have a gazillion guys it's to true. develop. So it's true. They don't. And we got fit Kretschy to worry about instead of sacred and Boya. So. Well, that those minutes to me are like, like if it takes Kretschy minutes, I'm not, I'm not me because I don't know what to, what the I'm already about we're already invested Krejci, though. as of today. Yeah, so. We're already invested in Crutchy, so <laughs> Yeah, but. uh okay. Uh J R E, I'm super excited about him. I don't know if you watched his last game in Summer League, but like he um Yes. Almost uh, he, almost everything. I mean I think he's the best player on the floor for both teams. Um 
and yeah, I I don't know. I'm excited to to see. Like he's going to play real minutes this year. I just have zero doubts about that. I think he's the kind of player that Coach Mark likes. So I'm uh, I'm in. I'm totally yeah. in on the JRE experience. Yeah, I mean he he was awesome. Um, the only thing that I want him to improve on is the ability to deter a little bit more in terms of rim protection and stuff like that because he has the ability the yeah. timing was a little bit off it was kind of easy mm -hmm. to score on him on drives um, but that to me is understanding space in the NBA um, because I mean you have different spacing um, you have like the court is actually different yeah. in terms of yeah. measurements so the initial positioning is what he was probably mistaken about most of the time and if you are a step ahead then you're dead against NBA drivers so I really think that once he understand that part of the game the, the rest of his like the rest of the things that he did were, were so high level that I have again no doubts that he will play in the NBA at which level I don't know uh, I mean he can be a rotational player he can be in like an eight ninth man on an average team i don't know that will the, the, sh the shooting will mm -hmm. will say a lot the ability to be more than a play finisher he has the ability mm -hmm. to pass the ball i mean clearly he's a guy that understands the game and he also has some like the the spot up shooting from mm -hmm. 15 feet that was real i mean was really smooth quick mm -hmm. so he has tools um, um yeah i i agree he was he was good and i want to see him with because with talent around oh, him i think he will yeah it will yeah that's the thing about it better. is that he was good with the worst talent that he'll see the rest of this you know calendar year and whenever he gets to play with like high level players like sga and you get to play i mean even playing with giddy who just thinks the game at a high level I mean, things will be different for him. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's exciting to see what he looks like because I think he'll play. Um, I, have, I have like zero doubts about him playing rotation minutes on this team. So, uh, all right, McKelly, let's close. I'm going to go to the stream. See who's joined us today. We have Tyler Field here. It says, what's up, donkeys? We have Hoopsock69 here, as always. We have Falk from Denmark. We have Unhandicapped Train in San Antonio. We have Tim Gordon in Maine. We have Bryce Little here. We have the Tall Shot OKC. We have Tim Gordon here. Fitness 2018 from London. Wow. Paul Chi, who I think is in Jamaica. Very cool. W Rose 27. Nathan Creamer is here. Um, he says, hey, boys, wish me luck. I have the final interview for my dream job tomorrow. Big shouts to Nathan. Hope it goes great. My guy, let us know. Uh, hope you get the job, man. Uh, Patrick, Patrick Whitehead. Dina Lawson says that uh, podcasts with you are her favorites, too. So there you go. Um, Josh Smith is here. Uh, Abakar is here. Sorry, he's from in Ghana. He says he's in traffic in Ghana. How cool is that? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Is it crazy that a guy in Ghana is listening to Don't yes. Dunk on his, on his yes. car? Like, 
that to I don't, me is. I, I don't cop. I don't even comprehend it correctly. Incredible. So, um, uh, Alex Buller Jack wants to know your favorite Italian football club. AC Milan in the past. Now I don't just. Yeah. I just don't follow. <laughs> uh, Jess African Kiwi says that yeah. she's watching us in Australia at 2:30 a.m. Wow, another just mind blowing statement from somebody. Um, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I ain't gonna lie so tell me why is here with us uh let's see christos and greece is here uh brian yates is here saying that you're looking tanned mckelle from being on the beach josh smalley is here from washington state oh he's usually the traveling teacher from ethiopia he's on a short break before heading back hope all is well for you josh tyler carroll is here our uh tyler will be um, using your services again later in the uh, in the year, I assume you're putting together some more charts and stuff for us for the uh, for the potential lottery. So looking forward to that. Austin, uh, Michael Darby, the Fluky is here. I think from Germany, Jalen G is here. Uh, thanks so much, everybody, for joining the stream. If you are not subscribed to our YouTube channel, you can join us. Our music has gone off, but I'm just going to keep going. Um, you can join us on YouTube Live. You can comment along the way. Stay Jamaica is listening from Jamaica. NBA Offseason Propagandist is also here. Thanks so much for joining. We'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.